Hi, welcome to Pendleton Center Church. We are the Menahem. If this is your first time here, be sure to pick up a welcome bag at the connection site or the welcome and information desk. I hope everyone will put their name on the friendship card that is in their bulletin. If you would like to receive the church newsletter or need to update any information, be sure to fill out your address and phone number. On the back, you can write prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff. Please enjoy the service and have a good day. Welcome to Pendleton Center Church. Um, this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice. used to be in the leader. <laughs> Will you join me in prayer this morning? Dear Father, we do thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for this time that we can come together to worship you and to fellowship with each other, Father. Just be with Pastor Lisa. She brings us the message. And just help each of us to hear what we need to hear, Father, and that we might feel your touch. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're able, I want to invite you to stand as we're going to sing, All Creatures of Our God and King. Sun with golden beams. 
You may be seated. We have a couple of clipboards that are going around today. The first one is for Vacation Bible School donations. Um, You'll notice that it's coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm sure you figured that out when you saw the tents in the back there. The other one? The other one is for communion elements to sign up. There is only one of those. It's starting over here. Please make sure you pass it all the way across so everybody has a chance to look at it. And now we're going to, what we're thankful for. I want to start out. I wasn't here last week. Um, I spent five days in St. Louis at the National Handbell Conference. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And I got to meet my sister there. She's also a ringer. She lives in Missouri. So she was able to drive to it. So I had some good sister time as well as a lot of handbell stuff. (laughs) Who else is thankful for something? Yes, Karen. Oh my. Yeah. Probably a good thing. Praise the Lord. Yes. But her daughter had foot surgery back in December and the bones just weren't healing. So they finally attached a bone stimulator to re energize the growth. And that is working. So the bones are starting to heal. And what Amy didn't tell Karen was that if that didn't work, they were going to have to amputate her toes. So. It's a blessing that she's going to get, her feet are going to stay whole and that this last treatment worked for. Yeah, that's definitely a blessing. Anybody else? Yes, Tom. Happy anniversary. 35 years they've been married today. Wonderful. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's like, ooh. <laughs> yes. Did everybody hear that? Her daughter was, has a condition that makes it difficult for her to get pregnant. She had a little boy three years ago, and she's now pregnant again with a little girl. Yes? The numbers are in from Make-A-Wish. We raised $4,000. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. That's for the Christian Motorcycle Association? Yes. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm also really thankful for air conditioning. So. <laughs> All right. Um, If that's it, we're going to now take up our tithes and offerings and give our gifts back to the Lord. in my mind that say I'm not enough 
Father, we thank you for these gifts and offerings that have been given to you today. We just pray that they'll be used to bless your name and your work that we do in our community and our world. Thank you for those who have given these gifts. Thank you for your love, Father, and for your care. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. All right, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we do lift up these concerns that have been shared here. We know there are lots of others, Father, that haven't been shared aloud, but you know what they are. Just pray you'd be with those who have lost loved ones and are dealing with that grief, Father, just with them being gone. Just let the family feel your comfort and your love. Be with those who need healing, Father, those who are injured and those who are, are their friends and family, Father. Help all of them to feel your healing touch and your comfort and your strength, Father, and your peace. We pray for our church and their families. We also thank you for this church family, Father, for the support that they have for each other and the love they have for each other. We pray for our youth and the adults who are with them on their mission trip as they return home today. Just pray that you'd bring them all back home safely. And thank you for the work that they were able to get done this week. We pray for those who are traveling, Father. It's summertime and a lot of people are on vacation. Just keep those safe as they travel and help them to have a good time where they're going. Just thank you for your love and your care for each of us. Be with Pastor Lisa again as she gets ready to bring the message. In your name we pray. Amen. And now let's hear the word of the Lord. Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 25. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. 
We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. If we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. When I was a little girl in school, every year my teachers had all the students plant little marigold seeds in little pots to take home for our mothers for Mother's Day. Any of you ever do that in school? Yeah, sure, everybody. And I think they still do it in the preschool here, too. Maybe not marigolds, but something. I remember that my first grade teacher promised that if we put the seeds down in the dirt, but not too far, that if we watered them, but not too much or too little, and if we left them on the shelf by the sunny window, we would have marigold flowers in time for Mother's Day. And she watched us as we went through this process so that we would do it right. She also made each one of us responsible for following her directions and looking after our plants. So every day, I would go to the window and check to see if my plant had enough water, if it was getting enough sunlight. But I really didn't know if what I was doing was working. For what seemed like forever, there was nothing in the pot except for moist dirt. After a few days, some of my classmates began seeing green shoots coming up in their pots. And my pot had dirt. But my teacher assured me that if I patiently followed her directions, I would soon see green plants in my pot too. I had to hope patiently for what I did not yet have. This summer, we're reading through Paul's letter to the church in Rome. We're considering how the Apostle Paul understood and experienced the Christian life as he taught the early believers how to live as followers of Jesus Christ. In the section of the letter that we heard today, Paul is reminding the church that even though we live in a broken world, we can put our faith into action by following the leading of the Holy Spirit and maintaining the hope that God's promises about the redemption of all creation will be fulfilled. As the church, it is our role to live the lives that children of God are called to live. We are to be witnesses to the world, to tell the world through our actions and our words about God's promise to transform this broken world into the world God intended it to be from the beginning. 
How do we do this? How do we live patiently and hopefully when we look around us and see pain and suffering and need? How do we live patiently and hopefully when we feel pain and suffering and need in our own lives and in the lives of those who are close to us? Today's passage tells the creation itself is groaning and the children of God are groaning inwardly as we work with God to bring forth the transformed creation God has promised is coming. It also tells us that as the church, even right now, while we wait, we have the first fruits of God's Spirit. That passage goes on to say, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to God's purpose. The church has been called out of the world for God's purpose. Because of this, the scripture goes on to say that nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But why? Have we been called out to be God's children Merely so that we can be saved from the evil in the world? So that we, here in the church, can have happy, carefree lives with no troubles? Paul didn't think so. Paul knew the great stories of the Jewish faith. The faith of Jesus. He knew that from the beginning, the choices people make tend to be more about reliance on self and on what we see than about reliance on God, who we don't yet see. That's really how all the trouble in God's good creation got started, isn't it? Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Now you know the rest of the story. 
Adam and Eve hide from God. Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the serpent. And all God's good creation winds up cursed. And as Paul wrote, subjected to frustration, not by its own choice. God had created human beings to have dominion over God's creation, to care for it according to God's will, God's good purpose. But people decided to take advice from a serpent instead of from God. They believed they could get wisdom from a piece of fruit that would be better wisdom than what God had already given them. And to this day, people look to all kinds of sources that they find out of their own minds, from the natural world, and from each other instead of seeking the God who created them in the first place. Our faith teaches us that this is why the world is so troubled, why it needs to be saved, and why only God can save it. People do seem to have trouble connecting with God. Even Christians who believe we are God's children often seek to figure things out for ourselves rather than trusting God and seeking God's wisdom through the Spirit's leading. Some believe that because they think they're doing it right, it must be so. Because they are God's children, anything that seems good to them, that feels right to them, that they reason to be good things, therefore must be right and good. After all, such things come out of our best human intentions, and humans are made by God. So that's right, isn't it? No. The Word of God tells us, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. It is God who determines what is and is not sinful, what is and is not right and good. So how do we want to live? When I was hopefully, patiently, waiting for my marigolds to show any sign that they were going to sprout, I heard from other sources Some of my classmates offered advice. You're not giving it enough water. You gave it too much water and killed it. You stuck the seeds too far down. You didn't do it right. And in my own head, like the song Kathy sang a little while ago, in my own head, my thoughts were challenging the hope my teacher had promised. I thought in my mind, you are too stupid to even be able to grow a flower. My little first grade self was scared and sad and embarrassed, felt really alone 
as it seemed everybody else's plants were doing just fine. Even though I had already had everything I needed, the pot, the dirt, the water, the seeds planted, I still had to patiently hope for the culmination of my efforts. It was all there. I had it. There was a marigold getting ready to be born in that pot. It just hadn't fully come into being. The Christian life is like that. As born-again, spirit-filled believers, we have received the spirit of adoption into the family of God that sets us free from sin, free from fear, free from everything we need to be free from so that we can be with God. It's by God's spirit that we cry, Abba, Father. And God's spirit assures us in the depths of our being that we are God's children but we might not have experienced the fullness of that assurance yet. And no matter how hard we try of our own strength, we don't yet live perfect lives. Anybody in here living a perfect life yet? Not exactly. We have it in us. Everything we need to do it. It just hasn't fully come into being as we experience it, yet. Have you experienced assurance? Can you say today that you know you are God's child? Not God's creation. All people are created by God. Every single one of us, everyone on the earth who has ever been born is a creation of God. But I mean child of God as Paul means it here in this passage in the book of Romans. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's different, isn't it? We received it when we first realized that we're sinners in need of a Savior. When we call out to God in prayer, desiring to be changed, to be transformed into how God intended us to be. And you know what? God always, always, always answers that prayer by immediately beginning the transformation of our lives. When we come to God, God does not leave us as we were. God gives us the spirit to lead us so we can submit to God and resist the sin that broke the world in the first place. Once we have Christ in our lives, we no longer have to live in sin. As the church, we help each other. We help each other to live holy lives for God. We pray. We cry, Abba, Father, every week together. Just think of it. We're going to do it in a little while. Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, the prayer Jesus gave his disciples so that they would be sure that God heard them. This is a prayer of hope acknowledging what we already have, and asking for what we hope to have. It's also a prayer of assurance. It assures us of what is while we're in the midst of hoping for what will be. 
for what we're trusting and according to God's promises to us. Our Father is in heaven. His name is holy. His kingdom does exist and is where we are if we're willing to enter in. It is among us. But God's will is not yet perfectly done by us. We pray for that too, that it will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. Then we pray for what we need, for forgiveness when we mess up, as we forgive others who also mess up. And we pray to live lives free from evil. There is evil in the world, church, but the creation itself groans against it. And by the wisdom and power of God's Spirit, we groan against it along with the creation and the Spirit as we hopefully, patiently wait for the day when we will fully share in God's glory. But there's suffering in that too. Like my first grade self suffered enduring words and attitudes that my classmates threw at me and my own condemning thoughts coming from within. Paul tells of the suffering of those who are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, that they will share it, we will share it with Christ if we are to attain the coming glory. God doesn't promise that we will not experience suffering. Paul suffered. Throughout church history, the church has suffered for the faith. But God promises we will not be overcome by suffering. Not if we trust in God's work of salvation in Jesus and allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit. God is with us through it all. We can face and overcome everything that comes at us in this life and move on toward God's perfection in love when God is with us. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What is God's purpose? It is the transformation of this broken world into God's original intention, which is God's good creation, overseen by good, faithful servants who choose to obey God. We can catch a glimpse of what it will be like. We can catch a glimpse as we look around at the beauty that remains in the creation even in this broken world, especially in summer, when all nature is alive and active and blooming, the flowers and the trees, clear streams flowing, birds and squirrels all over the place. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities... God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. This is God's world. We are privileged to live in it, even with all its troubles. 
It is God who justifies us, making it possible that we may be transformed. It is God who draws us, encourages us, and empowers that transformation. If we walk the path of our lives in this world according to the Spirit's leading, even when we experience trouble, we can trust that God is with us. We can hope patiently that as we persevere in Christ, the suffering of the world will eventually end once and for all. We can trust that in all these things we are more than conquerors through God who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing can separate us from God if we choose to stay with him. Even though I followed my teacher's directions, all of them, as best as I could, to make that marigold grow, there was really nothing that I could do. Seeds are up to God. The transformation from the seed to the sprout to the flower, it was completely beyond my control. Now, of course, if I hadn't put it in the soil, if I hadn't watered it properly and given it sunlight, it would have remained a seed in the packet. I could have kept it from even getting started. Or, at any point in its process, I could have sabotaged it by my own choice. I could choose to nurture it or to kill it. I could have chosen to allow other influences to kill my hope in what God was doing with that seed. With my teacher's encouragement, I persevered. And I did take a marigold to my mother that Mother's Day. It seems such a small trouble now, going through that fear. But as a little first grader, it was huge. Through Jesus' life, Jesus' death, and Jesus' resurrection, a seed has been planted in all of the creation. That seed is intended to make us, to make it all new. The question is, will we choose to endure all that we must face in the process, all of the suffering that brings about new birth? Will we put down those things God would have us put down and take on the role those who are following Jesus are called to, even if it means God is going to continue to change us until we are completely free from sin, even the sins we like. We have it all if we're in Christ God's spirit is in us. We are able by God's power. Are you ready to choose to go through the process, to suffer as Jesus suffered, so that we can share with him in glory? Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, I know that you have made possible my redemption, my transformation, so that I can be more like Jesus. I know that you've taken me to a certain point already. Make me willing to be willing to allow you to go another step. To transform a little bit more of me. So that I can submit to you better. So that I can resist evil better. So I can be that witness for you. Forgive me for where I haven't quite measured up yet. But help me to see the love of God and know the hope that I am patiently waiting for. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God loves us so much. Before we even knew that we needed transformation, before we even needed to be set free from anything, God sent Jesus. He's been working since the beginning of the creation when the fall first happened to bring us on toward eternal life. It's an amazing process. It's an amazing and wonderful thing. We have it in Christ. And we can say to one another in confidence because we trust in him. Not anything we can do of ourselves. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. You know, because we have this hope, the hope of God in us, we can face anything. We resist everything that tries to draw us away from trusting God so that our transformation will be a witness to the world of God's great love. Let's stand together. Let's sing about how we can face anything in this life because God in Christ lives.
because he lives. He has that indescribable, uncontainable power and love for us. And we're going to sing about that.
redeemed, dearly beloved children of God, let's share the peace of Christ with one another as we prepare for Holy Communion. God's peace. Because of all God has done for us, we do not have to be lost. We are not without him, we are with him. And there is a path to follow. There is a path. We gather together as the body of Christ. We pray for one another's needs. We keep one another lifted up. We trust that God in Christ is in intercession for us constantly. And we come to the table. Christ has invited us to the table, all of us. If we love God, repent of our sin, and seek to live in peace as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are all welcome to come to partake in the body and blood of Christ that makes us clean, that makes us whole, that makes us pure and ready to do what God has called us to do. So come to the table this morning. You don't have to be a member of this church or of any church if you know that God loves you. If you're even just beginning to believe that, come to the table and receive what he has so that you may have the power you need to go forth into the world. It's a transforming power when we come in faith to meet with Jesus in the bread and the juice. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people and redeem your whole creation. Jesus healed the sick, fed the hungry and ate with sinners. 
By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit that we would work together with God to bring about transformation. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice. In union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your son Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now let's pray together that prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward?
If you're able, I invite you to stand as we sing, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. on the things that are happening in this life right now. And God, we have to remember, he sees it. He sees the end from the beginning, from the beginning of time and throughout history. He has been watching people, and he's been helping people and touching the lives of people to bring them through, transforming them, even as he's transforming us now. I know we need to be concerned about the things that are happening with us right now. But there is something coming beyond. There is eternal life with him. And that's what this is all about ultimately, isn't it? It's all about how we get to eternal life. How we live now in him prepares us for what is to come. So let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen? Amen. Go in his peace. Share his love wherever you are and be a blessing. Thank you.